Attraction is like a magnet, but you need both poles. No, south, plus, minus. Cody, make. Yeah! This magnet will help you rediscover the attraction you once felt for each other. Yeah! One is plus, one is minus. That's not how it works. A magnet always has both poles. <laughs> not these magnets. Come on! Oh! oh. Hey! Hi, bang! What the? Hey! Hola, little ones! <laughs> oh, no. We're stuck inside that snow globe we bought there. Get to the top of the mountain to receive your next piece of the litter. Yeah, what if we freeze to death trying to get there? <laughs> Use your magnet powers and the attraction will warm you up, baby. Uh-huh, yeah, you feel that? You just gotta feel that warmth. Kiss it, you like? What is wrong with that guy? He's obscene. God. How's it going, everybody? How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. All right, let's do it. You have the edit this week, too. <laughs> I do. Yeah. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Uh, it's going going goodish. Pretty goodish. 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 So, it's like simish. Simlish. What? Elvish. It is like I am. I am very elvish right now. Mm-hmm. My ears are pointed, and I will only die in battle. Hmm. Is that how elves die? I guess most of the time. Yeah, at least in Lord of the Rings context, then um, hmm. they don't die of old age. Do they die of sadness? I know that's another way you can go. From being stabbed in battle? Yeah, I'd be pretty <laughs> sad. I don't know. <laughs> this is a deeply troubling experience. <laughs> it's like the, the one snippet of Lord of the Lord of the Rings lore that I'm recalling. Yeah, I guess that's true. I thought that would they wouldn't they have like faded away over time or something? Because I know they literally took a um, they all took ships to the uh, the Greylands or whatever they're called. I thought that's just the afterlife. They're like fuck the mortal plane. And they just kind of fucked off to heaven. My my assumption was that they were still alive. Yeah, they were they're alive somewhere else. But in like Middle Earth, it's literally just a different location because like Bilbo went. I think Gandalf went eventually. Yeah, Bilbo Frodo went with the elves. Yeah, Frodo hung around because like I'm going to tell my own story. Yeah, and then they made the no, they redid the Hobbit in three parts. Right, we never got a fucking additional frodo story yeah but frodo went frodo went with uh, everybody else and then sam had a family and then when he was old went and took the boat to the other islands sam took the boat he did eventually i think yeah and he left his wife and kids behind (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i can't i don't think it was like immediately i don't think he was like hey now that our children are born (laughs) peace <laughs> he looked at all the bills coming in he's like ah. <laughs> yeah i don't think it was a skip out on child support type thing i think because he um he all of the ring bearers i think ended up leaving eventually and sam held the ring for a period of time interesting yeah i really don't remember a lot of the additional addendum information there's a lot there's probably too much. I, I like that I'm trying to like flex a little, some like Lord of the Rings lore, and I'm like I can't even remember. They're like Gray Lands or something, the islands, whatever they're called, Elf Islands. The best flex I can do is throw out Silmarillion. Not that one. I've read it, but I know the name of the book. Valinor, the Undying Lands. Is that right? I'm no. gonna say yes because I'm not looking it up, and you are. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Where do the elves sail? I definitely spelled that as sail. So like, <laughs> it's like a garage sale or something. Oh. <laughs> where do where do the elves where can congregate? I buy elves? Sail to the west. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, nobody cares. Um, I feel like our our podcast that's based on. Lord of the Rings tidbits is going to like 
immediately fail. <laughs> what else you know? Uh, nothing. Have you <laughs> nothing? There's a ring. <laughs> it's really angry. It's an angry ring. It's like a bird, an angry bird, but in ring form. I just like that it had part of it that, like, it showed the elvish text when it was heated up. Oh, that was a nice touch, right? It's, it Man, was the those, coolest thing. Those old movies were really good. Like the Peter Jackson, fat Peter Jackson movies, I think is how they're referred. You, you know what? I think uh, you're kind of alone on that. Not many other people enjoyed <laughs> right? that franchise. <laughs> right. Um, let me post this to unpopular opinions. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Did you ever do the binge watch party of like, here's the oh trilogy? I don't think I could. I mean, like, I probably could if there was food provided, but. I mean, maybe before the like extended editions came out, but that would literally Bro, take a it day. adds four hours. Yeah. It adds a whole extra movie, yeah. and it's it's fucking draining. It's kind of crazy. One of my um, speaking of Lord of the Rings, which is you know the topic of this episode, I guess. Uh, one of my memories about that is uh, my sister, um, when I was really young, was like reading through Lord of the Rings, and I have no idea what the inciting reason was for this. She barely ever really talked to me because she's older than me, and older sisters don't talk to younger brothers. It's just the way it works. It's, them's the rules. So what are you gonna do? But um, she read me uh, just Lord of the Rings, just straight up. Not like a lot of it. I think it was um, potentially The Hobbit, like a couple chapters or something. Mm-hmm. But I still have that memory of just like, man, this was really cool. Um. So she turned you into a fucking nerd. I guess, maybe. I feel like I'm probably doomed to this life regardless. I don't know if that was the cause, but that's definitely helped. Yeah. Read to your younger siblings. It's it's actually kind of cool. If you don't have any, just find a kid. Find a kid, yeah. (laughs) There was, what was a joke I heard recently? It was a bad joke. It was like, um, uh, a guy was like sitting at a uh, a park, and a lady walks up and was like, uh, "Which one is yours?" And the guy is like, "I haven't decided yet." You're <laughs> <laughs> just like, hmm, eh, maybe not. I like little quick things like that. Mm-hmm. It make it makes you kind of do like a quick eyebrow raise, but it's not so awful, right? It's not yes. like detail or anything, but it's just done. Yeah, it's it's not there to shock anybody. It's just, oh, that's bad, right? Yeah, it is bad. That is the that is the joke. Um, but I don't know what else have you been up to recently. Well, since we're on Lord of the Rings, um, mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite movies is probably The Two Towers. Because as we all know, it takes to, hey, everybody, welcome to Soapstone (laughs) Podcast, (laughs) where I shoehorned the title of the game uh, into that sentence. We Um, should definitely have that as a segment where there's just a second introduction. Like I do the first introduction and then you just completely throw it out later and you introduce the podcast and then actually talk about the topic. That should be that should be a recurring segment. I could do that. I would mm. just need to turn into Davis interrupt us mm. and just pick I'm, a random point to just be like, bam. I think that's fair. I think that could be cool. Okay. Right in. I can, I can give it a try. Cool or not. Yeah. Anyways, it takes two. <laughs> but but that is what I uh, have been up to recently. We've been playing through this over the past week. Yeah. It is a, for genre, it is a mm-hmm. puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fucking, it's a little gold gem. I know gold's not a gem, but shut up. It's just, <laughs> it's been, it's been really fun. And props to Gennaro for recommending and getting this for us. Yeah, no, he's he's he gives us good recommends a lot of times. He's also like half of our listenership, so just keep listening, Gennaro. We appreciate it. Farming Simulator is a bit of a miss, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was still an interest. It was still a fun topic, at least. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it takes two is like the the genre you described, but also relatively unique from a video game standpoint. And that I would say it's exceedingly uncommon to the point where I actually am having trouble thinking of another example off the top of my head of a game that forces two players to play. Um, there is no one player 
with like AI option whatsoever, you absolutely have to have two people to play the game. And that's yeah, weird. I'm blanking on that. Like it, it's really uncommon, right? Why, why would you literally just say, hey, if you're a solo gamer, no. <laughs> <laughs> this GTFO. is not for you. <laughs> yeah. Imagine it's, if they had like online like matchmaking. It's like, uh, you guys will play a game together? Mm-hmm. No one and person like, just AFK for 20 minutes. <laughs> and they really, I mean, they obviously sell it with the, the name, right? Like it's, it can't be more straightforward than that. You're like, what's the, what's the minimum player count? for the game it takes two two and it goes up to nine <laughs> yeah well, uh, yeah right what's the maximum player count 100 uh, 128 <laughs> battlefield um capture the flag mode um but that's I, that's a really novel approach um so we were playing this was published uh, by origin created by hazelight who made uh, a way out was their only other game i believe um not the same at all <laughs> I, I would i would argue from a, a genre perspective other than co-op in common um but it does have the the game has the unique feature that only one person needs to own the game right that's the balancing act right you can't play it solo but if your friend buys it or you buy it that's it that's all you need yeah and that's fucking huge because mm. I think the Steam remote play is fairly recent within the last year. Uh, and that is janky as shit. Yeah. Whereas with this, like Jake still had to install files so that he could play the game, obviously, because yeah. it's running from his machine as well. But I had the one copy. So mm-hmm. that immediately cuts the cost in half. And I didn't yeah. even buy the game. So it really worked out nicely. <laughs> <laughs> but it is uh, cool I... because like now... I think I mentioned this to Mike. I'm like, have you heard of this? Like, yeah, I heard it sounds pretty good. I'm like, yeah, we should play through sometime because I'd be willing Mm. to play it again. But now he doesn't have to buy the game if he wants to share that experience with me. Exactly. He can Mm. just join in. So that is a huge win. It's really interesting. Since this is published by EA, I'm curious what approach Hazelight took to market this. Because, I mean, it's so it's a $40 game, which is... Maybe it's a bit more than I would expect for an adventure game, perhaps. I would expect like, you know, 30, I would say. But 40 is not out of the round out of the realm of feasibility. Um, but somebody had to like take this game's concept and market it to a marketing executive and be like, uh, people that if there's only one person, they can't buy the game or they can buy the game, but they won't be able to play it. They're like, okay, that's bad. We should change that. And there's like follow up, though. If there's two people, only one person has to buy the game. And the executive's just going to be like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Do you hate money? (laughs) Yeah. Looking at that from a business perspective, I'm not sure how that got through. Right. But I'm not going to question it. I assume the game must have actually been like they must have had a a demo or a sampler like for the executives to try out. And they're like, oh, oh, wait, this is actually just a really good game. We're going to make money off this, and if we don't take the deal, somebody else will publish it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> hey, guys, for today's meeting, um, we'd like the CEO to just sit down in this chair, and you're going to play test the game. <laughs> what right. am I, fucking QA? <laughs> I mean, some some publishers do that. I assume the, the higher-level ones obviously don't have the CEO, but I know, like, De- uh, Devolver, like, when they're picking up game ideas, things like that, to fund, they're like, hey, show us what you got. And that's how like Hotline Miami came to be and carrying and stuff like that. I think that's good mm-hmm. because obviously if you're making the game, you're going to be very attached to it. You're going to enjoy the gameplay and the things about it. Mm-hmm. But really you want the outsider opinion of, hey, person, random person, do you enjoy this? Are you getting enjoyment from it? Is it just right. entertaining and fun? So if they say like, yeah, like I like the bare bones of this. Cool. You have an idea that other people are probably going to like. And you build off of that. Exactly. Yeah. But what's fucking crazy about this is it was not on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a trailer and like, that looks like some baby shit, which mm-hmm. is now my term for it looks like young kids would enjoy it, but it's right. not for me an intense edgy gamer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the trailer doesn't really do it justice, I would say, 
But when we got into playing it, it was just nonstop fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't, (laughs) they don't stick on any idea too long. And there's just so much novelty in it and nostalgia. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that completely. Um, There's a lot of games I quite enjoy. Um, I have a lot of fun with them. Oh, really? Name all of them. Right. Name every game that I've enjoyed. Uh, Okay, done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) They like uh, just go through, you know, some played recently. You're like, oh, or uh, semi recently where this is in our Dark Souls themed thing. Uh, Dark Souls is really fun. Sekiro is really fun. Um, But is it fun all the time? Is it continually novel? No, it's actually kind of fun because the opposite reasons, because there's some consistency to it, because you can get a feel for the world, for the mechanics, and lock those in. And then it feels good to master that, right? Like, and it feels good to, you know, walk up in a boss and be like, yo, what up? I got a long sword. And like, absolutely destroy them. Um, but it takes two, completely negates that approach entirely by being like, you can't master the common mechanics of this game because we're going to change them every major level. <laughs> and you're going to appreciate that. I'm like, well, that's, that's kind of aggressive, but I mean, okay. <laughs> it's good, though. Um, the other part of it is, since we are doing two, di- we're doing two different characters. Yes. Uh, we play as the mom and dad who are, spoilers, getting divorced, mm. uh, and the kid gets sad, wants their parents to be back together, um, does some voodoo shit, and you turn into small dolls. But we're each separate characters, so whenever a mechanic comes up, Jake and I never had the same mechanic. We were always responsible for different things, mm-hmm. and those two mechanics would have to work cohesively together to solve different puzzles. Right. So maybe there's a section that only he could do. I'm like, help me out here. I'll do the platforming, and you control the other bits, or yeah. vice versa. There's usually, and that, that's a recurring theme, is you have one player kind of be the operator, or the person in Overwatch, the person who's manipulating the field, and the other person's running the field, traversing the puzzle, doing something like that. And I like I love that idea in general. I think that's like a really cool concept, uh, asymmetrical cooperative gameplay. I think like this is weird. This is a weird thing to call back to, but I think not too long ago we were talking about Call of Duty Four, and I mentioned like the AC one thirty section. Mm-hmm where it's just like there's one person up in the air and the other person's actually on the ground running through. And I would say this game on eh, not actually completely on the whole is less violent than modern warfare, <laughs> but um, it does share some of that asymmetrical co-op action that, you know, I, I, I think is good because it allows different players to have focus at different times. You're not just like, Oh, um, uh, when we played Fear uh, 3. Like, one of the characters has psychic powers, the other person shoots gun real good. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're that, like... That that, that uh, really succinctly explains that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I've, uh, when we played through, I was like, I'll play Point Man, shoot gun real good, you can play Pax, Paxton Fettel, because having psychic powers and possessing enemies is way more interesting. And I've done that in my playthrough, right? Um, but because you're changing abilities out and it takes two, you, that doesn't weigh as much. You're not like, oh, that guy has a way better power. I wish I had something like that. Yeah, I felt like it kind of went, it was pretty balanced. Like it went back and forth between who had a more interesting one or like mm-hmm. entirely subjective. Yeah. Like I enjoyed a lot of my Cody abilities, there were mm-hmm. like one or two times I'm like, uh, I kind of like what Jake has. Mm-hmm. But like, and I, I felt the same, right? A couple times. Of course you did. Cody's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times they also just have kind of neutral use abilities where they're not the same. Uh, for example, let's let's talk about the first ability, right? Like um, uh, May gets the hammer and Cody gets nails. So I, I was playing May. Uh, for our playthrough and the hammer is just like the head of a hammer it allows you to break down some walls that's not super exciting but you can also swing 
like on nails and other surfaces um, and interact with certain interactables that Cody can't. And because of that, you're the one kind of doing more of the kinetic traversal through the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Whereas Cody's just like freaking great. <laughs> you know, I, I, I peeked your screen while we're going through this since it shows both of our screens at the same time. I was like, I can tell Dave's also enjoying himself. I'm sorry my camera's off for that. But <laughs> when Cody has a, a nail, he can kind of target and throw and it will lock into a surface. And usually you want that for a moving piece to not move and be like a stable platform. Mm-hmm. And then if you hold the B, you can resummon the nail or nails to reposition. Right. So I remember there was a part where I had to like fairly quickly like throw the nails back so you could do like some wall jumps. Mm-hmm. And that was cool to like figure out the timings of like you need to go here and I have to do this. But in that case, I was very much the operator where you were like running through the course. Yeah. And I'm like, set this up for him, set this up for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're kind of you're you're doing the macro puzzle solving. A lot of times that's the trade off. One player is doing the platforming, the other player is doing the puzzle solving. Um, and they do a pretty good job of it's very much not a game where it's like, hey, if you want to play through with someone who's less familiar with games, they should obviously take this character. There is no tales and it takes two where it's like, just pass the control after brother. You don't have to plug it in. Like if they're good, awesome. The boss dies faster. If they're bad, they'll die a bunch and it won't impact your stocks at all. (laughs) You know, like there's nothing like that. Uh, Both of them are engaging characters. As far as the levels as well, Mm -hmm. um, it's not character specific. But like the first area is the shed where mm. you have the hammer and nails to use as your tools. But as you're going through the level, you'll find like these vacuum tubes, like the old pipes you'd see come out of your uh, dryer in the basement or something. Right. Um, and they'd have a suction. So if you get sucked in, you go out the other side. But somebody can like ride on the front of it and like tilt it to aim and launch you out. Right. And that's something that either player could do. But you might need to swap between so you can get both players to progress from that specific platforming section. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a really cool idea and it's always quick and engaging. Mm-hmm. Cause then after that you might have a, Oh, now we're grinding on a rail or we have like a chase sequence. Right. Like everything was always moving. Yeah, absolutely. There wasn't, I don't think there were many puzzles. So I would say like, as far as puzzle difficulty, there's not that many truly difficult puzzles in the game. I wouldn't say there's any that are truly difficult, like and yeah, there's comparable none that to some of the other games. Us, you're like, I'm gonna have to look this shit up. Yeah, there was no like Talos principle, you know, like just like get a cup of coffee, stare at a wall, like a hand on hip, just like waiting for the the blinding light of inspiration to sear your eyeballs. It's like you're playing through the game at a pretty decent clip and the puzzles are just there to make you stop for a second, think about it and then give you like, haha, we figured it out. Continue. And oftentimes like, um, we basically just treated the puzzles like platforming. We were just solving them in real time as we went through the level. And that also kind of feels pretty good. Yeah. A lot of times we kind of just run up on something and be like, all right, we got to do this. And then we just do it. Yeah. Like no communication, just go very occasionally. It might be like we try something and it wouldn't work and then we kind of stop kind of like pan around the game mm-hmm. we're like where's the oh and mm-hmm. then we very quickly piece it together and continue forward yeah which i find personally i'm i'm a fan of this pace of gameplay like puzzle games obviously you're fine there's no if you want like a hard puzzle game plenty of those exist um but i think if the puzzles were harder it would have impacted the the novel pace of the game um like none of the puzzles get to the level of complexity that i feel like it would be really rewarding to solve them if they were much harder they would just have to like hide pieces and make you waste time and things like that which the game doesn't really like to do um no there's not as much searching for things it's mm-hmm. pretty linear as far as the level layout. Like early on, you need like three spark plugs to plug into something. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there's not different paths for you to go and check. You're still right. going forward and you're either doing like a a joint piece or you're briefly split off 
from like the same path and then you find it and continue forward yeah the game has like a lot of distractions but it always has a like an icon for this is the way to proceed this is how you continue with the game but it does have a lot of distractions yeah so like outside of all those mechanics and stuff each level will have different things of like here's just a brief little interactable of like here's something you'd find in a garage Mm -hmm. but you can interact with it and do something silly maybe they'll have a voice line or an easter egg for their other game (laughs) seriously that came up so many times where they're sure they'll talk about it takes two like yeah it's my favorite game i'm like guys you're plugging it way too hard yeah no it's 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 fairly ridiculous they also had um i don't know exactly how many but a whole lot of mini games i would say it's probably like 20 to 30 they're very much scattered out but they're again very quick fast-paced fun things Mm-hmm. yeah so the first one is like whack a cody and yeah <laughs> guess you won this one it wasn't mm-hmm. me um mm-hmm. but as cody i would kind of like pop out of different holes and he'd mm-hmm. try and literally hit me with the hammer and right. i got a point if i remained unstruck and had my head up for like a second mm-hmm. um i didn't know that i was just frantically going yeah the, so i never got any first... points the first like 20 seconds of the game, I was like, I absolutely can't hit him because he's <laughs> popping up all over the place and the scoreboard like wasn't moving at all either. We're, like, yeah. We're doing something wrong. But it was like a very quick, fun thing that was off to the side. But they said like, hey, if you see this icon, there'd be like a little mini game here. You can try it out. Yeah. Um, and we definitely missed some. But oh, yeah. anytime we found one, we're like, hey, let's check it out real quick. I don't think we ever played one twice, though. I think we <laughs> we literally tried each one that we found once. No. Um, whoever was the victor, we're like, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, next time. We didn't have time. any grudge matches. Mm-hmm. I don't think... Some of them, Some of them. I, if we weren't kind of playing at a review pace, I would say, maybe I would have given another pass. Um, but for the most part, they're, they're surface-level games. They're almost like um, Mario Party, right? It's like single-button input double button or just like uh, analog stick plus single button, something like that. Most of them are very straightforward. Yeah, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. I see you put another mini game on here. Flip the switch. I'm not recalling that one. Uh, yeah, flip the switch is another one that I don't think I recall. Oh, OK. But I'm going to look it up and see what it was. Uh, well, Jake's doing that. I will regale a story. Towards the end of the game, there was a mini game that was chess, where you actually physically move the pieces, uh, and you're obviously very small toys, so it's very uh, real life size pieces. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got Jake on the fucking ropes. Like I yeah, had yeah, things planned out, and then I, I was I, just I, running around like a frantic asshole, and I apparently ran too far away from the board, and it's like May wins. <laughs> it's just like this is my only out. And Jake's I think like, I yeah, we're good, that. we're good. I called out the chessboard initially and I was like, here, Dave, let's boost your ego. And then <laughs> I queued up for it. Um, and then I, I sent, lost. I sent a, look, a link to the picture, uh, flip the switch. But the the gist for this one was like a competitive score game where. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I did all kick the buttons. At this. The buttons would show. Well, so May is on the platform and has to run around and hit these like switches with a hammer. Whereas Cody's like sitting further back, literally seeing all of them at once and like can throw projectiles. And it's it's not balanced. That's I have limited ammo and had to call the nails back each time. Mm-hmm. Someone's just jealous of my Thor like abilities. Yeah. It would be kind of funny if Thor threw giant nails instead of having a hammer. He just, just impales people constantly. <laughs> can kill them. <laughs> uh, that would change the tone a little bit. But it is it does tie in nicely because, like we said, the couple is they want to get divorced. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, that's your in-game objective. Yes, you're all working towards <laughs> a divorce, and this is yeah, right. if you've never been divorced, this is actually how it goes down. Yeah, but there's a bit of a competitive nature. Like they understand the situation they're in. They're trying not to be dolls anymore. They don't know how to necessarily get out of it, mm-hmm. but they're along for the ride. And some of that competitive streak, you get the resolve a little bit in these mini games. Yeah. I guess we didn't mention that like Cody's a small doll made out of clay and may is made out of wood. 
and they're running through like a toy story scale environment basically as the toys um which is probably why this looked like a kid's game when you saw it initially yeah, honestly but it is very fun because you have that very small scale which is probably definitely probably definitely actually a probably very story <laughs> toy story reminiscence mm-hmm. but there's so much wonder and imagination that they pack into it yeah like that sounds I'll, cheesy i'll, I'll but save it's my true. full fucking rant until we get to the level later mm-hmm. um but yeah but did anything really stand out for you in the shed in the shed um I liked so I was going to go through the shed probably in in more detail just because we're talking like I don't want to go full spoilers yeah on everything that's happening obviously won't hear the ending from us <laughs> but uh, it does establish the the sequence you're going to go through you know getting new abilities for the level solving some of these puzzles encountering an antagonist and ultimately like having a boss fight or two um, and. This the thing that kind of stood out for me was honestly like the boss fights. I love the boss fights in this game, kind of like they're not none of them are particularly hard. It's just figure out the pattern, do it three times, you win. Yeah, which is just the rule of boss fights, right? Literally make it three, take three times, call it a day. Monster Hunter is clearly a Japanese game because they don't actually <laughs> use the rule of three. They're like, do this three. 30 times. <laughs> Somebody f- fell asleep on the zero key three right. billion times. <laughs> um, but like the first one was, uh, I believe, uh, vacuum. vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, not only did this establish, I mean, arguably when the game opened and it's like, hey, this kid's parents are talking about getting a divorce. You're like, okay, maybe this isn't meant for kids because I haven't played many kids games that open with the premise of the parents getting a divorce. Um, Again, Japanese games probably have a lot more of them, I assume, with uh, Mother series and things like that. But um, the vacuum fight also reiterated that this is a game meant to be played, at least by people who can have some reflexes and solve some mechanics and go to town on a vacuum, basically. I'm, I'm not sure if I should elaborate or leave it at go to town on a vacuum. I mean, I think we should describe the fight, at least. This would, okay. be, this would be a good one to describe. So the vacuum, as the quote-unquote antagonist of the, the area, is basically mad at Cody for sucking up all types of other stuff into his gut that wasn't just dust and hair. Yeah. So he's kind of like spitting out uh, explosive cans onto the stage. And then one character needs to, again, use that suction hose to kind of suck up all of the cans. Mm -hmm. And then the other person has to aim them at the vacuum. Right. And that's pretty much it. But they have some like mortar fire. Uh, They have some shot tracking Mm -hmm. because the the cans that are being shot out from the vacuum will follow you. So you need to try and put them in front of the hose so you can suck them up because you have like a limited range of movement. Um. But it was just, it was simple and fun and then it reused an existing mechanic. Yeah. They very much like set you up for these boss fights. Tease them a bit usually before it actually happens and um, and then let you execute on it and play with it. And it, it, uh, sometimes what the game does, especially for the boss fights, is they'll like zoom out the camera. So usually the game is split in twain, just a line down the center of the screen and you always see Unlike other online co-op games where you have your your full screen is real estate, it takes two explicitly always shows you the other person's view too, with very few exceptions. Um, or when the camera pans out and you've got this top-down view and it's like, all right, now that you see everything, we don't need to split the screen anymore. And it kind of seamlessly transitions between those two modes in a way that uh, would have made split screen, golden eye, me as a kid, like lose my mind, right? Um, yeah, and these boss these boss fights are sometimes like that. Um, I think all the boss fights are one screen. They could and be anything cutscene as well, I believe. Right. But yeah, it's, that makes sense. It it doesn't even have to be. It's just nice mm-hmm. that it is. Yeah. It kind of like it varies up. Like we were talking, you were talking about how um, novelty is like one of the key phrases of the game, and like 
pacing continually moving forward things like that and even just switching the screen like foundationally up uh, gives you a break from looking at just a section of the screen lets you look at the entire screen again and visually kind of like refreshes you a little bit for the next section um, there's a lot going on there that i didn't think about at the time but now seems much more uh intentional yeah it's good <laughs> it seems game, good it's good it's good um yeah i also did like that since it was split screen when we had some of those downtimes between like here's a boss fight here's enemies here's mechanics mm-hmm. and you just get to explore to find those small hidden interactables off to the this off the beaten path mm-hmm. you could go check out one and be like hey look at this thing i wouldn't need to necessarily go over to where you were i could just look at your side of the screen and be like oh nice that's really cool right Obviously, yeah, the they game... had certain ones that were like both people can delve into. Like, do you remember taking photos? Oh, right. For yeah, like yeah. two minutes. It's a completely unnecessary thing. But this game is all about, despite the pacing, the distractions are just there to make you like enjoy taking a break. And taking photos is like that. There's You can like switch out the scenes in the background. And then there's, a, um, I guess, a, a Polaroid camera, right? Mm-hmm. Um and you can like have one person kind of focus the camera, the other person like poses for the scene, or you could set a timer and then run over and join the first person in the scene, um, take the picture, and then it slowly, uh, what's the word for that? Develops, I guess. To a I was going to say oxidizes, but yours sounds way better. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah. it, you shake it, you shake it like a Polaroid picture. So, hey, yeah, uh, and then. <laughs> Like then we moved on from it. It never came up again. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a one-off thing, but it was a nice, quick thing that we remembered and are talking about now. Right. Yeah. So it's really cool that they took the extra effort to just throw in this thing—a distraction, as Jake is calling it. Mm-hmm. But it again, it's very imaginative and fantastical, and it kind of entertains that part of your brain. It's just simply looking for fun with childlike wonder. Yeah, exactly. And that. they just keep executing on it, and it's mm, mm, choice. Yeah, distraction is probably the like least uh, least positive word I could have picked to describe them. They're also like activities or you know anything like that. It's just, <laughs> I guess maybe that's my adult perspective. You're just like, yes, well, the distractions keep you from finishing the main game. <laughs> Jake You're pulls like... out a whole ring of like party poppers. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one I remember was there was a level that had a um, a dartboard that you could Velcro yourself against uh, after launching out of a cannon. And like we spent not like a long time. I think this was between sessions. We checked it out. And then also when we got back, but sometime firing ourselves repeatedly at the dartboard to try to get that bullseye. And then jumping off and then dashing back into the wall to be like, is this closer? yeah <laughs> and then you and can it, like mash y to like slowly peel yourself off mm-hmm. but if you stop mashing y before you've peeled off your character slowly goes back onto the dartboard yeah <laughs> like they're just relinquished to their fate of like oh, i'm stuck here it's kind of one of those like gesture based games like the um like heavy rain or other who who's the developer quantic dream Quantic Dreams games where you're like, all right, start the the gesture and you're like slowly moving your hand to like the doorknob. You're like, all right, yeah. now turn the doorknob. You start to turn it. Then you like let go of the control stick and the character is like, all right, put the doorknob back and remove my arm from the situation. I'm I like, guess I'm not leaving the paint can store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally that. Um, but they're but they're fun. And the the something we didn't talk about is like the art style of the game, which is exemplary it's like it's ridiculous how good it is it has so much detail put into it that even the sections where i'm not like i definitely have some favorite sections or ones i prefer but even the ones that aren't at the top of my list i still liked Mm -hmm. i still liked a lot and i can't say like oh this was bad at any point right because like the theming that they have for it for whichever world they they're setting up whether it's like a, a treehouse adventure with like squirrels and bullshit, squirrels and bees, <laughs> uh-huh. whether it's like some underwater scenic thing or like something in space. 
yeah. you're just like, wow, this really fits. And I feel a part of it. I feel invested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever played an adventure game that is as adventure as this one. Like just the sense of adventure um, to the same extent. I guess maybe kind of like Breath of the Wild or whatever, but as a platformer in particular, um, the absolute variety in the locales presented is ridiculous. Do you want to talk about another section or do you want to talk about probably the most entertaining character of the game? Uh, we could talk about uh, we could talk about the character. I'm all good. Do, with that. Do you want to scroll down to see which character I'm talking about in the notes? <laughs> yes, I, I do see. <laughs> I knew this was coming. I just wasn't sure exactly when. Uh, so, what do you want to what do you want to tell us about Hakim or Doctor Hakim? Doctor Hakim. <laughs> so, plot reasons, real quick. Uh, your your small child daughter uh, is sad that you're breaking apart, and. She wants to bring you back together. So she cries on some dolls, does her accidental necromancy bullshit. Yeah, voodoo, I think, of some sort. (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Hakeem is the book of love. (laughs) Uh, And his goal is to get you back together, but have you go through this journey uh, and struggle together. And Mm -hmm. he's a book of love, and it has different chapters as far as here's how couples can resolve their issues. Right. But he is a Spanish book. Uh-huh. with flamboyant purple foil mm. eyebrows and facial hair and is mildly terrifying, but also the most energetic energetic character. And he's mildly insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty hilarious. I think I was not I was annoyed by this character. It was my first impression. I was oh, yeah. Like, uh, I really hope we don't have to deal with this. And then he just bores a hole into like like a humorous core of the game and just like makes a home there. Yeah. He just keeps showing up and like the characters are annoyed by him too. And you're like, I fucking get it. This guy keeps mm-hmm. coming up to like, Oh, they're so close to the thing. And then he's like, Hey, no, we need to talk about stuff. <laughs> and yeah, then, right. So there's definitely an understanding between the characters in the game and you as the player. Yes. But mm-hmm. there is just something eventually lovable about his chaotic bullshit. Yes. Um, uh-huh. I don't know what it is, but you just you grow to like all of the characters more over time. Like I I still feel like Cody had a lot of memorable quips or just some of his animations were silly. Yeah. He he runs like he ragdolls practically when he runs. Yeah, he's he's a complete hilarious. doofus. Um I but think yeah. Uh, uh, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, Hakeem's great though. He's um, like you said, he's he's incredibly energetic. He shows up at like hilarious times to motivate you onward, and it's just he he is. And you touched on this a little bit. A uniting force between the players and the player characters. Like, um, it's it's smart storytelling to have an antagonist that makes you relate to the player character's reactions towards that antagonist. And for a good portion of the game, Hakeem feels like an antagonist, whether he is or not. Um, So like when your players are like dismissive or just like swear at him or something like that, you're like, I get it, man. You know, like I, I completely get it. And making you relate to these like humans in the form of literal dolls is it's smart storytelling is, is what it is. Um, and it's, and it's, it's an accomplishment. Game is good. The game is good. Um, it's, uh, so you, I was going to touch, say, say on one more thing. We were talking about the graphics, the terrain, the locales, everything like that. Um, I never talk about textures in a game because why would you care? But it's ridiculously detailed like not it's ultra realistic or like even beyond realistic what some of these textures look like it's like now that my eyesight starts to go as i I grow older um i can't like look at a chocolate cake and be like my gosh that's the most chocolate i've (laughs) ever caked but that's literally like what a chocolate cake might look like in this game or like the the plastic looks more plastic than real life plastic I don't know how you describe that. It sounds like I'm actually a crazy person. Well, but you know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, it's the textures they have on it, plus the way they do the lighting. So one of my favorite sections overall was when we got to probably Dino Land. Okay, yeah. So there's some like dinosaur toy interactables, but the way that they moved, the way that the plastic looked and showed up in the lighting, I'm like, I can play with these as toys. My yes. mind could not tell the difference between the two. I'm like, this looks so fucking good. Or there's a section later where, or earlier, where you had like fidget spinners and there was like a ball pit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, one, uh, the childlike part of my brain is just firing like crazy because you have all of these, not basic colors. Mm-hmm. Or is it basic like colors? Primary colors. Primary colors, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the I, balls. I forgive you. <laughs> and they also have like, bounce houses and stuff but it all Mm. looks really good too like it looks if you were to just like in vr if you were like touch it it would move in a way you would expect it all feels so real Mm -hmm. and again i don't have the best graphics card it's fairly old but it's just mm, so good it looks like as an adult what i imagine how i imagine i saw toys like as a kid would be the way I'd put it. Like it has that super vibrant, energetic uh, appeal to the world um, in a way that I just don't see anything anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Except real, this game. Real talk, <laughs> shit's in grayscale. But <laughs> there were so many things that we came across throughout, um, whether it was a core part of the game or something just off to the side. And I was like, oh, hey, I remember that. Because yeah. they literally took a a toy that was common enough at the time, maybe from like 80s, 90s, 2000s. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, I completely forgot about this. And then you get that sense of nostalgia. Yeah. Etch like, a sketch. Etch a sketch. That was great. a really hard minigame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even a minigame. It was just one person controls one knob, one person controls the other knob. But somehow would you a perfect penis? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine making people believe that. Okay, That's cool. Good. Yeah. Um, or if you remember like the doctor's office toy that was like the metal bars that kind of curved around and they had like the wooden sliders. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the perfect example of like, oh my God, I forgot that was a thing, but I do remember that. And I played a lot of this in the doctor's office. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's literally a playground. The game is a playground in every aspect, basically. And the controls are good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there are definitely some platformers I've played where you're like, well, you kind of got to give a little bit of a pass for these reasons. No. Controls are super super tight. You have two jumps and a dash. And then you can kind of hang on walls briefly. There are plenty of times when we died. But oh, yeah. it was because of us fucking up a timing. It's not because the controls were bad at any point. Yeah. Like, we I mean, know I'll- how to move two things. I'll take responsibility. And many of the escape sequences, Dave's like like Neo running through obstacles. And I'm just like, death, tap, 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 death, tap, 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 tap. Because you have to like tap to revive to mm-hmm. fill like a heart. And then you respawn. Tap, 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 death. And Dave's like continuing the run. I'm like, I'm good. sure, glad you're good at this. Cody's pure Zed, my guy. Then mm-hmm. um, the, I think the only example I can think of of the time where the controls really felt like they turned against us was when the game was like, Stress test the camera and the controls at the hell tower. <sighs> See, like that's yeah. the, that's that's the response I, I expected. I physically gave up on it. So the hell tower is just this tower that goes up, and then you have platforms that are around the tower that either rotate around or kind of go in and out. Yeah. You have to keep ascending up the tower. So there's probably let's say. 20 tiers of platforms mm-hmm. i got to like 10 and fell down multiple times um i never really learned but then i saw jake making progress and i put all my money in him because i wasn't <laughs> going to do that shit <laughs> hands on hips watch the other side of the screen call it a day it was good i mean i i fell a couple times and it was demoralizing but then i was like i have to right it's like super meat boy you're like oh man this level's kicking my butt which means I must kick back, you know, that sort of situation. Um, and the reward. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not even going to say what the reward is. Figure it out. Do it yourself. 
figure it out or invite Jake. He can do it. It's absolutely worth it though. I think like getting Jeff Goldblum to voice act that part. So good. Yeah. And I thought Mark Hamill was recording something else at the time, but I guess he was free. (laughs) Right. I didn't even know he did that. I mean, like, I don't. I, I, that's got to be a lot of money. And the part with the bomb, you know what? I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Take it out for just, yourself. Let's, let's uh, let it go. <laughs> so, um, I want to talk about some other areas or mechanics. Sure. All right. Just move on to the next one. It, that's the tree. Where what I was talking about with the squirrels and the bees. Right. Should have been the birds and the bees. Anyway. Hmm. So I think s- squirrels are more ominous. There's more you can do with squirrels than birds. Not going to elaborate on that. Um, (laughs) As Cody, I got to play as the sap man. So I Mm. was shooting out sap kind of like a mortar. And I'd put it on surfaces or enemies. And Mm. then Jake had like a matchstick gun, which... Actually, hmm. I have an aside. I'm the sap man. All right, that's it. Oh, that's pretty good. Matchstick gun. (laughs) Jake would use his matchstick gun and burn whatever i had sapped Mm -hmm. so we always had to work together on something he couldn't really fire willy-nilly nor could i don't they don't really do anything on their own yeah but it was really fun because like if a wasp showed up i would cover it in goop and then jake would burn it alive yeah Mm -hmm. so it's like a very much i'm spraying and praying and jake actually had to like line up shots (laughs) (laughs) well the nice thing was the game gives you uh like it gives you auto aim if there's enough sap on one of the targets. So I didn't actually have to like be skillful. If you were like covering things a lot, it would help me out significantly. If you uh, like accumulated a lot of sap. And I thought that was a genius mechanic. Like I I had to have less skill if you were getting ahead on your role. So I was hardcore playing Splatoon and Jake was pressing a trigger on occasion. Just just spinning around in a circle. (laughs) Um, I think this is actually like, this particular skill set is really like evocative of the game's skill design too. Like most of the abilities are meant to be used in tandem and even just the gameplay, like outside of the abilities, this isn't like a co-op game, like uh, shovel Knight or like, um, like fear we were talking about or anything else where you can kind of just show off trying to be better than the other person at whatever it is actually co-op. Like you have to work together at so many sequences that I don't know. It it feels dumb to say you're playing the game together more fully, but you are really you are. Yeah, there are definitely games where it's just there are two people. One person mm-hmm. could technically do the entire game, but the other person is just there. Yeah. Or or even if it's slightly more involved, the second player has to press a button next to a door at the same time you do. Right, exactly. Which is like right, a classic, yeah. like, oh, it's two-player. Yeah, you must gather your party before venturing forth. Yeah. The game mechanic. Which feels really weak from a co-op standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, that shouldn't be uh, an ongoing thing. It should be like, uh, happens three times in the entire game. But Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this game does that. It's like, hey, we do need both people to move forward. But it doesn't feel nearly as forced because... That's also just so many of the mechanics like work together to figure this out and move forward. Um, And also it was really funny. Anytime like one of us completed like a a jet set radio grind section, like significantly faster than the other person kind of just like sit there at the, uh, the the co-op door and just like lean against it, (laughs) arm raised, grinning, waiting for the other person to catch up. It's uh, it it was a fun time. So what was your favorite area? And we can keep it semi-vague. Yeah, I would like to keep it semi-vague. Um, I was I was a big fan of uh, the clockwork type area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of those abilities were really cool. Um, and I, I love the aesthetic. I absolutely love the aesthetic. Absolutely love the boss fight that I'm not going to go into details on. Um, but that was an absolute standout for me. Yeah, it's probably the most complex mechanic overall. Mm-hmm. 
mine wasn't like too crazy, but the inner they could have gone crazy with the interactions. They kind of chose not to, but they were both really fun powers to use. I think. Oh yeah. Um, what was your favorite area? I'm looking at this. <laughs> I have to give snow the snow area a mention. Yeah, because all of the content in it was like really cool. Mm-hmm. But my number one area still has to be everything in the castle. And I do mean mm-hmm. everything in the castle. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot happens in there, but like the design's cool. Um, but it definitely has a bit of a twist there, which I did not expect. No, 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 not, 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 not expect. But it's not just, a kid's game. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's yeah. just, it was really cool. It was very much like here's life size toys mm-hmm. and not the uh not lego but like mega blocks type knight characters yeah and mm-hmm. some other oh, stuff oh yeah yeah that whole that whole sequence yeah there's so much like man this is a great mechanic and it must have spent a lot of development time on this and the game and then like two minutes later you're doing something completely different and you never come back to it i'm like did they just like did they kill the developer <laughs> like that made this like what did they do you know the game actually had 47 different contract developers given like one sole task <laughs> right make mechanic around this go it's just, they took all of the games that like a game jam and then turned them into a bunch of different mechanics and called it a day legitimately i don't think it's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> it might be hard to get them to work in the same engine you have to set that up as a prereq but um, <laughs> this one's in oh it's just a text adventure that's weird yeah that's the one thing it doesn't have is it doesn't have a text adventure but that's probably better for pacing yeah Um, yeah it's a a couple of the mechanics and games and things like that i think could legitimately be the base for like an entire not game of the same length because this was like something like 12 hours or so maybe for our clear 10 to 12 ish could be like a little bit longer if you were if you were slightly more casual than we were but um yeah there's so much not just novelty in the mechanics but creature design like enemy design level design all of that it's just good yeah i i really i would love to like talk about all of the sections and all the little mini games and things that i found but like with most games and experiences it's something you're going to appreciate so much more if you find it yourself. Mm, and then yeah. you can talk to us about it and be like, hey, did you find this one thing? And be like, yeah, that was so cool. Or no, I missed that. Where'd you find it? Right. Yeah. It's a good game. It really is. And again, um, was taken by surprise because it was not remotely my radar. I saw mm. a trailer. I saw the annoying book. I'm like, this looks like some try hard triple a bullshit but yeah. marketed towards kids um but it's not that at all it is super solid i kind of want to if i do play through with mike i want to play as may play as May, yeah because mm-hmm. i didn't get to do that and just try out the other side of the some of the mechanics yeah i think it would be a pretty novel experience there's plenty of times where it's very divergent and what the characters are doing to work together and that's great i don't know it's it's just great. I think like it's easy to grow disillusioned with the industry or if not disillusioned, then at least you grow accustomed to the types of games that you play and types of games you enjoy. And you might still have fun with it and it's still a recreation thing, but it's rare that a game just like reaches so far back into your like juvenile mind, the inner child. And it's just like, hey, so. And you're like, oh, right. There's other things out there that are just pure novelty, wonderment, and enjoyment. And that is something that you can put into a video game. <laughs> you know, like, that's really that's really how I would describe this game. It deserves all of the perfect scores it's gotten, I think. Oh, it's been getting a lot of perfect scores? It's gotten a, cup, a couple tens, for oh, sure. Oh, nice. Um, I think right now it has... So Steam doesn't technically do... 10 out of 10s or whatever but there are sites that will average the reviews to whatever it would be um, for steam and it's overwhelmingly positive and so overwhelmingly positive that functionally on 10 on steam it is a 10 out of 10 that's good um 
I know we mentioned a way out a couple times. So that's the their mm-hmm. the studio's first game. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That game is pile of trash. It's real bad. Um, that's you guys escaping prison, I think. Yes. So as far as I remember seeing about it, like it's not novelty. It's just how many things can we make two people do with like it feels like an ongoing quick time event type of game versus this is a fun co-op platformer, puzzle platformer with two people. Right. So I think this one just blows the other one out of the water. I'd like to see more things like this, honestly. Mm. Like if they had a sequel where they're like, we're getting divorced for it real. It takes three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, they uh, they open up their relationship. <laughs> Maybe it'll work if we have a third person we can both fuck. <laughs> I also want to. I also want to clarify because uh, I was going to Metacritic to fact check myself before uh, all of the comments on Facebook um, fact check me. Uh, it hasn't gotten many tens. Uh, IGN, Gamespot, they both gave it a nine. A couple places gave it like ninety six, ninety five, ninety three. I don't know how. Does that mean that they have a hundred point score? That seems like actual insanity. But um, regardless. It has an 88 on PC overall. I think, in my own personal opinion, that's too low. I think it should at least be a 9. Yeah, I'm that's really really blanking on stuff to dock it for. Because mm-hmm. usually if I go through a game, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, this, this, this part kind of sucked, or they could have done something else here to improve on it. Um, I don't really have anything. Yeah, it's really solid. Too short, maybe? Like, I could have kept, <laughs> like kept playing hours. that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, like, yeah. I was having enough enjoyment that if it was longer, I wouldn't say that was bad. Right, exactly. It would have been very difficult to make this game be like, oh, I've I've had too much of this because they never give you that much of this. Yeah. Um, I also did like that as we were playing, I would call out certain things like, they're probably going to do this next. And then oh, I was yeah. right. You do need credit for that. I think it got like four or five calls. Yeah, it was literally like, and this is the part where they kill us, and then they killed us. I was like, wow, Dave, how did you, how'd you know that? Not literally that, but <laughs> more specific thematic calls about what was going to happen. But yeah, it's just... I don't know. If you're remotely interested, check out the trailer, or check mm-hmm. out like a brief bit of gameplay. It's just, it's really fun. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it outside of the hour-long episode we gave you, but <laughs> right, it was it's... just a ride of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I, I think enjoyed a ride. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, there's a lot that I would love to mention that I'm explicitly not because I think that people should play this game, and I don't want to go over that line and actually spoil some of the stuff. But there's. It's a game where I played it and there's things I want to talk about. I can't talk about because it's just that enjoyable. That should be, I think, high praise. So the uh, sex scene. You said we shouldn't mention it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, no, we should leave that one out. Yeah. I mean, they should have an idea when they see the AO rating, but you know. <laughs> that also probably I don't know if they even told the marketing guy at EA that they're like <laughs> like uh person needs their friend to play the game. And they don't need to buy two copies, and it's going to be rated AO, and it's like, got great graphics and stuff. He's like, "What was that? What were those first things? Like, there's a set set of things." The I'm game's sure so on. good to make people go AO. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so pick up the game if you're not in Australia, because AO games get banned there. And uh, let us know, you know, how you enjoy it. Let us know what your favorite section was. If you have any ideas for other games like this, <laughs> good luck. They don't exist. But if you do know about them, you can send it in to us at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could join the discussion on Facebook, which is basically just a looking for group space for people that are trying to play this game at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. So long. <laughs>